comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. We're on the internet. On yeah, the internet. you think? Over a million hits and counting. You know what that sound is? Do you know? Anybody? No. What about you, Norm from Cheers? That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Episode 234. The move with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode: The Savage Beast. Not Frank, and just Brad and Bill. Still not Frank over here. Nope. So, I guess by now, some of the Twitter followers will have heard about what happened. Um, so, Frank's mother passed away, and Frank is not with us uh, today. This is uh, episode, uh, what is it? I've already forgotten. I just heard it, 234. Frank's mother passed away on Friday, the 19th. Was that just yesterday that it happened? That was a couple days ago. Thursday. Maybe it was Thursday the 18th. Yeah. I've forgotten. Um, Let me read an email from little Nancy, of all people. Oh, cool. Those longtime listeners will. She's, she's a good pal of Frank's. Yeah. We'll remember little Nancy. Let me find that email, and it'll explain what happened. Frank has been on vacation uh, in San Francisco with his family, his mom and dad, and I'm embarrassed to say I, th- I think he just has one sister. I, I-, I could be wrong. I haven't had a chance to meet any of his family, so it hasn't been yep. scribbled on my mental note wall, but I think he's got yeah, Frank. Uh, poor yeah. Frank. Frank had a brother. Okay. A few year, who died a few years ago in okay. an automobile accident, I mm-hmm. believe. Okay, here's the here's the letter from from little Nancy. Yeah, this came in on uh, the 18th, which was Thursday. <clears throat> uh, Frank's parents had just flown back into San Antonio on Saturday after a family trip, and that was you know four or five days earlier to San Francisco. She wasn't feeling well, so they took her to the hospital, and there they told her to go ahead and take her to the hospital in Corpus Christi, which is in South Texas, along the Gulf Coast, uh, where they could compare her test results to her files. It was then discovered that she had had a heart attack a day or so before. Uh, They had kept her overnight in Corpus, and the next morning her heart stopped for three seconds. Frank flew down there that afternoon, and from there her health declined. She was at home with hospice care when she died. And she died at 10 a.m. We did the math, and she was, what, 83 mm-hmm. years old? So, and I think Frank had told me that his mother had had a heart attack, a small heart attack a few years ago. Yeah. And she never did fully recover from that. And uh, I think it was a stroke that she yeah, had. Yeah. Thank you. A stroke. You're right. It was a stroke. And... um it had obviously some ill effects on her and she hasn't been the same since. And then, uh, but like Bill mentioned, uh, to us a minute ago, actually we were just on the phone with June Bob Skyping on the phone with June Bob to let him know what was going on. And, uh, Bill said, you know, at least he was, she was with her family, which she was, it's not like she died at work or something Yeah, they or alone. Basically they had a chance, uh, they had a chance to go down and uh, be with her. Um, she was put on hospice care uh, the day before, and uh, apparently they got to eat a they got to eat a last meal with her, and uh, it was it was her her family around her, and as Frank said, there was 
laughter and tears and and uh, you know the the kind of things that you would would hope for um, you know for for someone who's in that situation. So we're thinking about you, Frank, and uh, pray, praying for you and your, your family and sending good thoughts your way. Yep. We're really sorry that happened. We love you, Frank, and uh, you. You know that's. I, I don't know. I hope it's not a, uh, a a trope or anything like that. But uh, you know what? That's that's not the only family you got, Frank. You've uh, you've got us too, and uh, you know we we want to be here for you too, sir. You got lots of friends. No doubt, no doubt, and uh, not to make any kind of light out of it. But uh, in the words of uh, words of uh, John Leguizamo's character in Ice Age, the first one, we're a herd. And herds stick together. And, yes. Uh, so, Frank, dang it, you're part of the herd. <clears throat> Speaking of the herd, I see the professor and uh, Sarge are back. Is Sarge asleep? No, he's probably dozy. Yeah, Sash had circled the block a couple times. Uh, mm-hmm. He might have been out. So I, I told Frank, he sent us an email, and he said, you know what, guys, mm-hmm. just go ahead and record without me. Okay. And uh, so we had talked about what we, want, what we wanted to do, and then I told Frank about it. And so, in a manner of speaking, Frank is with us because he sent me an email with his picks mm-hmm. for, oh, okay. for the topic today. Oh, how cool. Today. How cool. Um, Frank, uh, I was Bill and I, and Frank, we all love music. I think we all have wide and varied tastes. That might come out this episode. Yeah. So, Bill and I were thinking, okay, what do we want to do? when Frank's not here and our first thought was something to do with Steve Martin mm-hmm. and which may happen it may not but then and I forget who it was said well let's do music we both like music I think it was Bill I've been trying to shoehorn a music episode in for about two years now so uh, it seemed like now was a good chance okay so I thought alright well how would we approach it what if we I said let's talk about our top five album. Listen, list off our top five albums of all time. <laughs> and then I started thinking, and, and I there thought there was the first problem. Yeah, and then I started thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, that's difficult. What if we change the topic to five of our top ten albums of all time? Because that's a little easier. It, it leaves the playing field a little wider open and, hard and easier to make some decisions. Yeah, there's a, there's no good way to do this, by the way. All right, that's one thing so, I found. When we last talked about it, that's kind of where we left it. And then I started attempting to write down five of my top ten albums of all time. And I think inadvertently, I may have come up with my top six albums of all time. Okay. It's interesting because I, I said, let's do top five. But as I was doing, okay, I only need five out of ten. I didn't want to leave that sixth one off. <laughs> yeah. And I thought well, if I'm really that adamant about not leaving that sixth one off, does that mean that I literally just did figure out my top six albums? I kind of had to go with the uh, the old uh, standard uh, Desert Island uh, treatment. Okay. It's like, literally, if, you, if, if you're taking those five, you know, if you've got five discs, Desert Island, you'll never listen to anything else again, what five would you pick? And uh, that helped a little tiny bit. The way I looked at it is, okay, I've got my entire music collection on my iPod, my computer, my iPod. I wish I could say that. Everything I want is available to me. What? And, and there really isn't a lot of music out there in the world that I haven't already put on my in my music collection that I that I need, okay. quote unquote, need. Right. So I started thinking, what are the albums that are that I'm always listening to, that I'm I never get tired of listening to, and that's this is different than our favorite bands. Indeed. We talked about this. It's different than our favorite songs. These are a collection of songs collectively known as an, an album. Yeah. That that we you know, a grouping. It's like a trade paperback of, of songs. I don't know about you, but um I have always preferred to think of music as album based. You know, I when I listen to music, I'm very inclined. I, I rarely listen to a mix, you know, on your iPod. I, I have almost never hit the shuffle button. For me, when I want to experience music, I put on track one of whatever album I'm listening to, 
and I'm done when the album is over. That's the way I've been for the last 25 years of my life. Before then, I was a I was a a one or two track listener. I wasn't an album guy. Okay. I would like I'll be honest with you. I love Cool in the Gang. Yeah. But I can't listen to an entire album (laughs) that they have because a lot of their songs just don't do anything for me. Okay, fair enough. One of the other things, the ground rules, pretty much one of the only ground rules we had is that we could not include a greatest hits collection on our list. I think that was almost assumed by me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you could... You could put Queen's greatest hits in there and uh, be pretty, you know, be because pretty happy with yourself. It's an album. It doesn't count. But it's che- it's a cheat. No, you know what I mean. No, I think this this is easy for the audience to understand that right. that for the purposes of this experiment, the greatest hits were out, which made it uh, kind of weird. You know, I, I never thought that I would use a greatest hits album. Um, certainly, you could, but there are a number of bands. Uh, take Queen for example. Love Queen, but. Not one of their albums was so strong from beginning to end that it had to be in my top five. For you, yes. for me, yes, yeah. Uh, and and obviously, same. you know, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and make this caveat very obvious for the listener. Um, you know, if you hate our music, fine. If I uh, don't like your music, fine. We're all good. Let's hug. You know, yeah. and, music and, is you know. subjective. There is no right or wrong. You know, we like to say. Well, you're, you're stupid if you don't like that band because yeah. they're friggin' awesome. Usually, we're joking. Sometimes we're dead serious. And I think we all, we all, if we're honest with each other, you know, w- yeah, we're we understand each other's desire or or preferences to like a one band or not. Live and let live. For baby. instance, I've said it before. I am not a Beatles fan by any stretch of the imagination okay um but i I mean you recognize their their importance their greatness their whatever you just don't particularly want to listen to their songs i recognize their place in history yes okay i think the word greatness is a bit of a stretch okay i recognize that they have a fan base yeah um if they had a i'm sure they do have a greatest hits cd oh yeah i would i wouldn't buy it because I don't like them enough to, to own any of their... Okay. Having said that, I do have two of their albums. I've got uh, the White Album on have, CD, and I've the got white album. my parents' my parents' original. It's not, it's not Apple. It must have been a, a reprint or something, but it's the original mono version of Revolver. Hmm. I have, and those are the only two Beatles albums I've ever owned. I have Sgt. Pepper's. Not bad. And I have the White Album. Yeah. And I used to listen to the White Album quite frequently, yeah. but that was back when I had uh, 50 CDs instead of 800 CDs. So I know that there are people who have already shut their iPod off because I've insulted their their favorite uh, band. Hopefully not. Hopefully they get that this is all subjective. It and, is. And nobody's, nobody's right. This is. Uh, but since you're listening to our podcast, we're going to hook you up with ours and hopefully stimulate some lively discussion on the forums or amongst uh, uh, your family members around a table or something. Since Frank isn't here... Or maybe at work you can have knockdown drag out fights in your cubicles over this. That would be awesome. Since Frank isn't here, let's go I'm gonna go ahead and read this email. And it was pretty much short and sweet, and I think okay. you and I will get into Alrighty. a little more detail and reasoning and we even have some audio clips to play. Indeed. Um number one on Frank's list, it, which by the way is a top five point five. I have no idea what's on his list, but I bet I can guess number one. Um Is this is this his his favorite or just one of the five? Uh, well, he's got top five point okay. five, top okay. five and <laughs> top five and a half. All right. And do you want to take a guess at what he's got his number one? I yeah. don't know. I don't. Know I do if, want to take a guess. I don't know if he listed them in order or if he's just these are my top five in no particular. I don't know. Right. Oh. But I, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking okay. that it's. He's got his top five listed from number okay. one to number five. My guess is that uh, three of the top five are Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell 1, Bat Out of Hell 2, and Bat Out of Hell 3. <laughs> uh, tops, uh, Frank's top number one pick is Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell. Yeah! He says, it is epic! Exclamation! I knew that already. Just because I knew Frank, not because yeah. I peeked at the list. Um, 
Number two, his number two pick is They Might Be Giants, uh, their album oh. Flood. Okay. He says, this is a college favorite. I have fond memories hanging out with friends and singing along with the track. Cool. And see, right, right away, it's not my kind of music. Yeah. I don't know any They Might Be Giants. I'm not ever going to, but uh, I respect and uh, appreciate uh, Frank's uh, differences. Frank's uh, favorite songs off that album are We Want a Rock. Okay. And Minimum Wage. Oh. And the only... I know why he uh, put minimum wage on there. Why? Because that's basically what we make these days. Yeah. It's a government job. The only uh, They Might Be Giants song that I really am familiar with is Istanbul. Right. Uh, or Constantinople. Right. Right. Number three, Billy Bragg's Workers Playtime. Really? An album for lovers and dreamers. Hard work, whether it is in love or career, is its own reward. Was that Frank's little editorial bit there, or was that yes. part of the album no, title? This, that was his... The album is uh, Workers Because, because that would be an unwieldy album title, in yeah, my no. opinion. Not like Avril Lavigne's one album that's like 100 words long. Oh, my she goodness. She actually had a, an album title that was like 100 words long. Or Too something. long to fit on the spine, I'm guessing. Number that's four. why we need to bring back albums. You could fit it on an album spine, but on a CD spine, no chance. Number four, The Pretender by Jackson Brown. Fantastic. He says this album is a combination of sadness and hope. Number five, Girl Talks, Feed the Animals. Interesting. Former biomedical engineering student, now DJ, DJ. Greg Gillis, a.k.a. Girl Gillis? Talk. No yeah. way. A.k.a. Girl Talk put together a mashup of classic songs with current gangsta rap that is a collage of sound and coincidence that keeps you guessing what riff is from what track. Dang right. And his 5.5, uh, or... Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Bruce. This is an epic CD with a driving force and a sense of desperation, but some of the songs I can do without. The songs I do like, however, are Thunder Road, Born to Run, Meeting Across the River, and Jungle Land. Now, for me, Bruce Springsteen is somebody that if I never heard one of his mm -hmm. songs again... You wouldn't miss it? I wouldn't miss it at <laughs> <Okay>. all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm uh I'm kind of that way too. Uh, I'm not a Bruce hater, but much like there's there's a lot of artists out there. You know, your your Bob Dylans and Bowies and guys like that. I I recognize their their contribution and their relative greatness, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and listen to them. The interesting thing here is that Frank and Bill and I are all within I think two years of age. Yeah. of each other. Me being the youngest and Frank being the oldest. I know you are the baby, of but the by group. only two years. Um. You know if. It, if I had to guess at what was going to be on Frank's top five, I mm -hmm. would have guessed a Meatloaf album, and I would have guessed a They Might Be Giants album. But I, okay. would, I don't know enough about either of them to have known specifically what, what uh, you know, at which album it would have been. So. Okay, All that's right. fair enough. Well, so that's an interesting list. That's not, uh, it's not terribly diverse as far as genres go, and there's nothing wrong with that. Probably get tired of saying that before the episode's over, but. Uh, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all all well and good. I bet I know what one of uh, hmm? Carl's favorite groups is. Oh yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> um, okay, you want to go first? One of the greatest moments. Had, okay, like I said, I want to pitch them back and forth. We could do that. Bat them around a little bit. Neither of us have have shared. I don't really exactly. Our, What's on our list? Each, each, each. We, we've talked in generalities that both of us have had incredible difficulty getting down to five albums. And we, Bill, made a point. This is. It's interesting to note that these five albums aren't necessarily representative of our favorite groups. Yes. However, in my case, they may mm -hmm. be. Well, you know what the the five there the five albums for me are representative of five of my favorite groups. Yes. Uh, but one one thing I've discovered about myself during this process is that I like an awful lot of things, and I've never been one like ask me what my top five movies are. Not a clue. Right. Ask me what my top five almost anything is and i just my brain doesn't work like what are your that. top five letters of the alphabet <sighs> that's good probably i would say uh four of the five vowels and quite possibly the q okay because it's just it's so versatile 
That's good. I never really thought about it. Yeah. Now I'm including Y as one of my vowels. So I'm actually dropping the U and okay. the uh, uh, and the I. Gotcha. Right. Uh, that's that's just how I roll. I have a I have a list. I put a list together uh, that ended up being about forty albums long. Okay. Now and from there, I I put stars next to the ones that I'm going with as my top five. I didn't have to to do okay. it that way. Like I said, I've um, I thought about what was on my iPod. These yeah. these five these six albums are in constant rotation on my iPod. I never get tired of them. Yes. One of them was probably, if I'm honest, was a, a bit of an, an an indulgence. Okay. And may not be qualified uh-huh. to to fit on a top five favorite albums list Ooh. only because it's a very young album. Okay. Like I've le- got like less than a year. I've got an album that is less than three years old on my all-time fi- top five list. Okay, this album's less than six months old. Good heavens! So you know, I so can you just haven't gotten tired of it yet. Well, there's more reasoning to it, and I'll get it. <laughs> okay. I'll get to it when when we get there. Um, so go for it. Let's. All right. Um, these are not necessarily in order. My top six. Mm-hmm. I cannot rank them. I could rank possibly my top three, but I'm not going to. I'm going to leave that to the imagination of the listener. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I've got my thing full up here. Um, my first album, I could play it. You know what? I'm going to play. Uh, we're not going to play the entire track. So no. Okay, everybody. So we'll give you 45 seconds, a minute. Who knows? Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll fade it under and we'll talk and, and mm-hmm. we'll move on. Um, but uh, just make this fun for the listener i'm just going to play the song and uh if uh we can't figure out what it is uh i'll explain it uh in post trying to figure out if i should play the hit or the my favorite song off this album i'm going to go with this song here boom it's going this is a joke right not even a little no? Okay. There might be a joke in here somewhere, but this ain't it. Okay. All right. I have never heard this song. Really? Ever, ever, ever heard this song. One of my favorite songs of all time. Okay, who is it? I could absolutely take this to Desert Island. I'll I'll pull it down over here if you want to leave me up. Who is it? This would be the Pixies. Ah, yeah. Quite possibly, if I could only take one band with me to a desert island, it might be these guys, but it would have to include Frank Black's solo career. As long as I've known you, I've can recall many times when you've come in and about the pixies oh my goodness um just something about these guys have always done it for me and as far as which album to pick from the pixies catalog doolittle is an obvious one trompe le monde is incredible uh come on pilgrim surfer rosa was their first album still maybe their strongest but the one i come back to the one that makes me happy is this one if i could only pick one which was the game this is the one i picked this is uh, Boss Nova by the Pixies. This is their third studio album, uh, technically. Their first album, Come On, Pilgrim slash Surfer Rosa, was originally two EPs combined into one disc uh, when it was originally released. Then they came out with their seminal, Doolittle, and then this followed that. Then they came out with Trompe and then they broke up. And it's very sad. How long ago was that they broke up? Oh, my goodness. Well, they broke up uh, back in 92, 93, and then they got back together and went on. Uh, they've gone on a couple of tours since then. They've Rumor has abounded for a long time that they uh, were going to go into the studio, come out with a new album. Uh, they're one of the, you know, just like, you know, half of all marriages in a divorce, half of all bands in a divorce, too. And uh, you just you get sick of each other after a time, I'm guessing. And that certainly happened with these guys. Um, they... They had a great run, um, and, you know, if they come out with an album, man, I will 
pitch my pup tent out front of the the record bar and i will wait for the doors to open cool um it's always great when a band uh that you like so much finally has a new album out one of the bands on my uh, list um their newest album uh was 11 years in the making son of a gun that's not obviously the album that's on my list here but that band is and it it was 11 years if i have my history right since would this be tears for fears yeah <laughs> no. no hey um uh, maybe possibly you've heard uh this song we, we don't have to listen to much of it okay. but um this was the radio hit back in the day when there were such things right before everything went to uh mp3s and single tracks and boys and girls this is a dig for fire by the pixies i just i so wanted to get out my inner dj but i'm not going to i'm going to resist this this might actually sound vaguely familiar okay what year was this album out uh it would have been yeah not exactly sure right around 1990 okay would give or give or take uh, a year 1990 okay yeah, I, I've got it down here, but I'm not going to dig for it to find out. Anyway, all right. I, I also want to sing along with these songs, no, but I, I would just you. embarrass myself, yeah, so I'm forget gonna, it. I'm going to try my hardest right. not to also. I also didn't get quite to the chorus, which would have been awesome. I made a list, uh, a playlist in my iTunes um, with all six albums on it. Okay. And I sorted them just now by year that the album came out. Interesting. So I'm going uh, to go through my list chronologically. Okay. You're going to okay. put some chronological. This... Uh, Bossa Nova uh, is probably one of my three favorite albums of all time. Cool. Yeah. That's very cool. All right. Um, I have two on my list from the year 1987. It's the year I graduated high school. Um, these are the oldest ones on my list. Good times. It was a very influential point in my uh in my musical yeah. history. I think the point for our generation is to realize that that the music you listen to in high school and college is probably going to be your favorite genre of music for the rest of your life probably so but the previous generation like like kids who are 10 years older than us they're the ones that keep the classic rock stations going because they're still listening to bad company yep they're still listening to stairway to heaven they're still listening to money for nothing by dire straits great band by the way it's a great song can't stand that song anymore but I know. Um, but I've always found it amazing that the people who are probably 50 to 55 years old, they have never they have never moved on from the classic rock genre. And that blows me away. I just I I, I don't know if that makes me a music snob, but um, well, but, you know, the it, same thing, like you said, yeah. is, is happening to us. We are holding on to this genre well, but of, of what we grew up, grew up with. One album that almost made my top five came out, I don't know, five, six years ago. Uh, one album that is in my top five is two years old. Okay. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm not... Uh, one thing that tortures my pea-sized brain is that we have really good sports talk radio here in the Dallas metro area. We have three stations that all do sports talk radio. If you're a sports nerd like I am, then you can spend the vast majority of your car time listening to uh, talk radio and you don't actually have to listen to music, uh, which is sad because it's always a double-edged sword for me. When I do put in music, which is unfortunately infrequent, um, I get the goosebumps, I have a good time, I rock down the highway, uh, but as soon as that song's over, I'm flipping back to the radio to see if the commercial breaks over. Um, I kind of feel sad for myself that I'm missing out on something, but that's how I work. So for me, I don't enjoy music as often as I wish these days, and that's my that's my problem. That's a, that's a, that's an MP, not a not a P or a YP. Yeah. So not, what is that MP? My problem, not oh, your gotcha, problem. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's it's an MP. I'm not blaming anybody else but myself. Um, so yeah, uh, before sports talk radio hit in the mid '90s, life was a lot easier because I could listen to Boss Nova um, four times in a week. You know, driving around. Um, you know, good old days when you uh, had you had your 110-minute-long metal cassette tapes that you do your mixes on, man, and you throw those in your cassette deck. And uh, nowadays you have to actually go through the trouble 
of burning a disc. Of course, I guess back in those days, it was uh, going through the problems of Or in your case, all you have to do is records. throw it on a jump drive and plug that into your stereo. That's right. Now, I do. Uh, I actually, I do have a uh, jump drive uh, that does have a mix of just random songs that I pulled off the Internet many years ago. I think the statute of limitations is up, and I can talk about it now. But I've got some albums on there, and I've got one folder that is just basically undocumented music, and it's got everything from old old hip-hop to um, Pantera to Flaming Lips to After the Fire, um, Dirk Commissar. So it's really cool. And I listened to it, and it was one of those where I haven't listened to any of these songs in probably a few years, and every, every new song that came up I didn't know was coming up next, right. and it was great. And I, it makes me wonder why I don't uh, hit shuffle on the well, iPod more often. I was just going to say, every once in a while, I'll put I'll hit shuffle on mine to yeah. remind me of all the great music that <laughs> yeah. I do have. So. Well, and back in the old days, when uh, when the five disc CD players first came out, the the greatest invention up until I guess the iPod uh, or the the uh, smartphone, but we would uh, gather together, my friends and I. This is back in you know college days, and. Um, uh, one of my sets of friends, uh, we hardly ever watch TV. Uh, we'd get together, we'd throw darts, uh, we'd have some beers, we'd have some, we'd have some camaraderie, but we'd put on music, and that's what we did. We just, we'd listen to music. We, we might play chess or, a, you know, computer games. This is back in the late 80s, so the computer games weren't good. Dear Commodore 64. But you put those five discs into the CD player, you hit the shuffle button, and every single song, you go, this is a great song! Yeah. And it was awesome, you know. I mean, you know, there there may be one track on an album you didn't like right. because you're putting in good, you know, well, you know, we're putting in, um, uh, you know, Pixies albums and, and you know stuff in that vein. And every single song that comes up, it's like, wow, I can't believe this song was picked next. You know, it's <laughs> like it's like a custom made, you know. And then you realize that no, it's completely random. You just happen to like every song, right? And so it seems really cool. So I don't know. I need to do that. I think one thing I need to do, I need to pare down my MP3 player. I, I've got. I've put random stuff on there over the years, and I just think I need to kind of pare that down because I don't, I don't have a 160 gig player. I don't have enough space on mine to put every album I own, so that'll never happen. Yeah, I still have plenty of room on my 160. Yeah, so for me, it's I've got like my top 50 albums or or you know 50 of my favorite albums on there, and they just kind of you know. So I could easily have a situation like that where I like almost every single song on it, but yeah. I'll have to figure that out. I think we're going to have to move through this a little quicker. Yeah, that's probably true. But it's difficult. Uh, how, how long did we talk about, Frank? Ten minutes? Something like that. Then that means we've been talking about music for 35 minutes already. Wow. Yeah. Frank deserved more time than that, by the way. Actually, not 35 minutes. T- uh, 20 minutes. Okay. 20. How far into this are we? We've got 14 minutes left on the clock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um, so out of the... Two albums of my on my list that were the oldest. I'm not sure which one was published first, so I'm going to start with probably uh, one everybody is aware of, and uh, that's the uh, the Joshua Tree by U2. Crazy. Uh, I love U2. I'm not Mm -hmm. uh, ashamed. You know, lots of people like to make fun of them. You good? Um, More people like to make fun of Creed. And I like Creed, which which did not which did not make it on my album. Oh man! Spoiler alert! Yeah, but U uh, two's the Joshua Tree. Just I I've been a fan ever since. For those of you who had Creed in the pool, go ahead and just just lay yeah, your money you can on the cross table. That okay, off. you lost that bet. You lost that bet. Um, this album just it speaks to me to my core, and I learned mm-hmm. uh, one of the. I learned to play the bass along with um, with playing my U2 cassette tapes. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, obviously I started before Joshua Tree, uh, but when it came out, man, I can't tell you how many times I played through this whole album. That's so cool. And to this day, like I said, these albums are constantly being listened to, listened to uh, by myself in my truck, and I never tire of them. And there may be a couple of months that go by before I listen to it, but yeah. then as soon as it comes around again, I'm like, "Dang, why haven't I been listening to this?" That's song? so cool because I'm I'm a schizo. Yeah. I will put a I I will put an album away for five or ten years, well, and I, then pull it back out and go, "Man, why did I take so I long do that to listen to this again?" With several, except okay. for these, um, you know, let me just I won't play everything, obviously, 
me get into that. Yeah. What a great video this was, too. Where the streets have no names. Yeah, up on, on top, top of the, the building. building. In New York, right? Yeah, New York. I think so. Just some... And I, I saw this concert in 1988. Ugh. And it was phenomenal. I've never seen him in concert. We did go see uh, the Rattle and Hum movie at a theater. I've seen him that thrice. That was really cool. I've seen him thrice. You dog. And, uh, no, maybe even thrice. What's the thrice? word for four times? Four. Quattros? Quice. Qu- Quice. But, of course, you've got Where the Streets Have No Name. Let me get down here. Oh, yeah. It just it's And then this song. I love the earthy Americanism of uh, Rattle and Hum, but yeah, I, I have a hard time arguing against this. This song gives me goosebumps. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. And uh, it's one of my favorite experiences during their concert because the crowd sings the chorus along with Bono. Oh, yeah. And then he'll stop and he'll just let the, the crowd sing it. The yeah. band will stop, he'll stop, and the crowd will just keep keep going and going. I'm getting goosebumps now, right now. Just he won't do that it. awful thing where he goes, okay, this side, no. now this side. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Then he'll walk her back over to the right side of the stadium and he'll kind of shake his head at him like he's disapproving because yeah, no, they he, weren't loud enough. He doesn't do that. No, because Paul Stanley does that. They may have done that in their first couple of tours, but oh my by this time they had grown out of that. <laughs> of course, you know, I just love this song. And um, this one here may be their, their biggest... Okay. From it, with or without you. Yeah, I just love this album. I mean, there's not a song, and that's another thing about about these albums on my list. There may be one song on each album. Okay. That I that I'll skip. Right. There might be. Yeah. There are some albums in here that I'll listen from front to back and not hesitate. A couple of albums, there might be one song that I'll click right. to next track, and then. Uh, Let's see. I think I don't think this one got a lot of radio play, but it's called Exit. And but in concert, it was. I've got a copy of the Joshua Tree on vinyl, of all things. I recently don't have a record player. Okay. I recently bought a the remastered vinyl edition. Oh man! Of the Joshua Tree, okay. and I framed it. Now I I wonder. Why would they remaster a vinyl? I mean, I understand why you'd remaster a CD because... I read mm-hmm. a report lately that said over the last four years... Yes. The vinyl uh, format... Yes. ...has gone back on an upswing. Yeah. Exponential and upswing. That's great. For the, the fastest-selling yeah, uh, segment format. Of the, yeah. yeah, of, of uh, and that music. Is, that is so great. Um, I, I've... I've kept uh, all the albums that I did not sell when I was in college because I was adult. I've kept since then. I've told myself I'll never get rid of any more of them. Anyway. Bye, Professor. At five. Okay. Uh, we can go. We can go get her at five. Okay. Yeah, we'll take a break and go get her. Yeah. Love you. Break a leg, babe. Listen, listen, listen. He just said, Milo. He said my name. <laughs> Does that have anything to do with me liking that song? I don't think Probably. so. Probably. Milo. Anyways, that U2 oh, Joshua cool, Tree man. speaks to me, and I'll never get tired of it. It's the just, way I, I kind amazing. of figure it is, is the other 35 albums on my list are going to have to be... Uh, uh, honorable mention. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. one of them on my list is my favorite live album of all time, Rattle and Hum, Under a Blood Red Under Sky. Under a Blood Red Sky, fantastic. I, I just the thing about live that album, Red Rocks. Yeah, the thing about that album that makes me so tingly, uh, so goosebumpy is the fact that sonically it it sounds like you are down there in the middle oh, of yeah. the crowd. It's amazing. I I've always been. Um, uh, I've always been a fan of of many different uh, bands. Uh, Rush is one of them. And uh, a Rush album did not make my top five, even though they may be one of my favorite bands ever. But uh, another thing, too, is that, you know, your tastes change as you grow old, you know, or older. And there are a number of bands that I loved as a kid that I still like, but right. don't necessarily listen to. Right. Um, Rush is one of those. Um, but 
with that said, uh, one of Rush's most famous albums, Exit Stage Left, you know, at the time, you're totally into Rush, you listen to everything Rush, and uh, I never could stand Exit Stage Left, even though it's considered one of the great albums of that age, or one of the greatest live albums of the age, because they cleaned it up so much, the only time you ever hear crowd noise is in between songs. Yeah, I hate that about some live albums. Yeah. And, and I like the, to hear it in the middle of the song. Yeah. The first time I listened to Under a Blood Red Sky, I got the difference, and it felt good, and it just, it is. If if you're looking for a U2 album to get and you don't get the Joshua Tree, uh, Under a Blood Red Sky covers their first few albums. It does not cover their American breakout years, so it's not going to cover, um, you know, it's not going to cover, you know, Wild Horses and this and that. Uh, favorite song off that album is I Will Follow. I just Oh, heck yes. Yeah. I mean, there's not, it's only eight songs long also. It's just a right. single album. But, man, I'm doing it again. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. right now. And this album, this blows away the studio version of this song. Yeah. And you just listen to the crowd. I mean, you yeah. can hear the crowd is still there. and you just It feels like you're, it feels like you're you know, 15th row floor right in the middle and and Look, oh my you see god him? dude i'm there i've got the same goosebumps. goosebumps it's just fantastic i'll put that on our on our flash drive nice for our, for our road trip yes okay because it's been a long time since so i've listened to the other seven songs on that okay brother it's your that turn a, that was a fine selection sir um my uh, next selection gosh which of these five i'm gonna go to um I'm going to start off. There's no way you'll get it, but uh, there might be one or two people out there that will uh, get this, and uh, they'll chuckle to themselves as they realize what's getting ready to happen to Hello. them. This is your Midnight Marauder program. I'm on the little front of your cover. I will be enhancing your cassettes and CDs with certain facts that you may find beneficial. The average bounce meter for your Midnight the heck is this? Isn't that sweet? What is this? This is the introductory track off my favorite hip-hop album of all time, without a doubt. Not even close. There's a couple that are right up there. Again, this is one of those where I love the band so much. Three of their albums could have been here. I had to pick one. This is the one I picked. This, boys and girls... The Tribe Called Quest. There you go. Fronted by the great Q-Tip. And let's not forget Fife and Ali Shali Muhammad. I messed that one up. Sorry, guys. Q-Tip. Uh-huh. Throw it away. Throw it away. What is an ear if a Q-Tip isn't in it? Q-Tip. Throw it away. (laughs) Throw it away. And this is not Q-Tip speaking right here, but my favorite favorite hip-hop album of all time. And I've always been one of those people... My preference, let me bring it down here a little bit so we can talk over it. I've never been a, I've never been a good rap guy. What I love about hip-hop is the musicality behind it. Sure. You know, you need the words, you need the rap, and these make sense. I don't, I'm not a big fan of aggressive rap, of, of, of dirty rap, if you will. Um, you know, if I'm looking at hip-hop albums, you could have said, hey, Doggy Style, one of the greatest albums of all time. The Predator by Ice Cube, one of the greatest albums of all time. They are, but they're not in my top five. I just, I, I like the thoughtfulness of A Tribe Called Quest. It's not, it's not fronting, it's not gaming, it's not, you know, capping people. It's, it's, there are, there are thoughts thought out. Right. That are presented to an audience to consider and it's just uh, between that and the amazing samples that they use and the the jazz influences. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, um, I got into acid jazz uh, about the time it was coming out back in uh, back in the nineties. And this uh, that uh, that stuff is after this album. Um, so my props to a tribe called Quest and really. The entire Native Tongues movement uh, coming out of New York City uh, around 1990. Uh, that includes Diggable Planets. Uh, that includes uh, Gangstar. That includes Eric B. and Rakim. That includes a uh, number of guys. I'm missing some, but I'm not going like to get the entire list. I'd like to listen to that on our road trip. Oh, my goodness. That is Can no you bring that? Can you make sure that's there? problem. Okay. Yep. I think you made an interesting comment. I love old school rap. Okay. Okay. But one of the things that ruined rap for me... Mm-hmm was groups like Public Enemy, okay. Ice Cube, okay, where all they talked about was 
and this may be I may be stereotyping a little bit, but okay. but you know, gunplay and hose yeah. and, and drugs and and stuff like that. It, I agree with you. There was too Personally. much of that in there for me. Yeah. Well, uh, Chuck D though from Public Enemy, uh, one of the more famous quotes of that era, um, he considered rap to be uh, black people's CNN. Okay. Well, no, I. And I get, I totally there's get absolutely that. something to be said for that. It's it's a way for the community to communicate with itself without necessarily having to filter it through, you know, mainstream press, whatever. Um, you know, I'm sure we could all read way way more into that than was meant. So I'm not going to bother uh, from here. But for me, um, I I've got a copy of Straight Outta Compton, N.W.A.'s first album that had, you know, Dre and Yella and right. Ice Cube and and uh, Easy. Um, don't like it a bit. Um, I've listened to it a handful of times in my life. I don't like it. Uh, I do think Ice Cube is awesome. Um, his lyrics are sometimes uh, hard to listen to, uh, clearly. Uh, you might have uh, Child Protective Services called on you if you played around your kids. Sure. Um, but for me, um, I love Ice Cube's first few albums. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah. We might want to make this a two-part episode. You want to go part two? Yeah, but let's let's keep going for now. Okay, well, let's uh, let's at least get yours out of the way. We need to leave in about ten minutes to go get uh, precious uh, Miss Zoe. So uh, we're at forty six minutes on our recording. Yeah, you know, which this is, is going to which gonna is work fine. out well. Yeah, which is fine. So um, I'm sure there's a song by mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest that I would know. Um, would it be on that album? Possibly. Uh, let's see. <sighs> Um, possibly we can get down. Um, well, possibly play. award tour. Let's uh, um, maybe I'll hit you with some. We can get down, and we'll see if that uh, might spur something. Okay, uh, volume up. I'm back and play. That was a Run DMC sample at the very beginning. I did it for you. Thank you. Yeah, this sounds familiar to me. By the way, if we haven't made this clear yet, there may be a foul word or two slip through during this episode and the next one. I have to apologize. I've heard this, yeah. Okay. I've definitely heard this. And, of course, you know, there are not going to be any singles off it necessarily. Right. Right. Yeah, I'd like to... I'd like to yeah. I'd like to include that on our road trip. Good stuff, Maynard. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a million good songs. And there's there's actually one song on here um, which uh, which I, I would not play. It, it's it's borderline. It's not it's not hateful or misogynistic. It's just they're talking about suckas who happen to be of their own ethnic background, and they use gotcha. a word for it that's gotcha. not complimentary. Gotcha. That they can use that nobody else should ever use. And I, by the way, I couldn't agree with that that double standard any more than I do. Right. Yes. I. I. That's that's something that we should just all agree with. Let let uh, let the community uh, have that word, and we should ignore it as if it doesn't exist. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's good times there. And their uh, their second album, Low End Theory, I love just as much as this one. Um. But I had to pick one so i picked this one and their cool. first album um people's instinctive rhythms uh people's instinctive travels and the paths of rhythms um again this is one of those situations it's almost like the austin powers movies you know uh which austin powers movie do you like best uh, it's the one i'm watching right now right exactly because they're all great and you can do that with those first three albums and and again you know it's much like the the pixies for me you know all three you know all of their their first four albums Just are re- are brilliant in their own way so. I just remembered you said Austin Powers. There's, I read a rumor recently yes. that that he may be gearing up for Austin Powers number four. I've heard that he has signed on for that. Awesome. And it was uh, I was with uh, some other uh, some other cats, and they're like, "Oh, great, another Austin Powers movie." And I'm I'm thinking, "Are you insane? Yeah. This is a good day." Exactly. Because my, uh, my I I posited the notion that the third movie is just as funny as the first one. I think it is. 
Yeah, I, I mean, come on. The, I think it is the the whole the whole young Austin Powers and young Doctor Evil sequences. Absolute genius. Each one of those movies has their Who own throws genius. Throws a shoe, honestly. I mean, really. Dad, stand up, Dad. Take a bow. Take a bow, baby. <laughs> and the whole uh, I I thank you gag. I mean, oh, come on, man. I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> here we go. What's one of my favorite? This is a tangent, obviously, but this is one yes. of my favorite scenes. Please eat some shiitake mushrooms. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. <laughs> All, right. All right, next on my album list. Uh, Case closed. Funny movie. This man <laughs> has more talent. And this is a cliche, but it's accurate. He has okay. more talent in his little finger than 95% of the musicians out there. Okay. <laughs> this is Prince. Oh, very good. The man is a musical genius. I should say known. what you will about his personality or his flakyisms or whatever. So he's flaky. He's a genius the guy musician. Is one of the most incredible guitarists I've ever heard, and his stuff gives me goosebumps. And that's clearly the most underrated part of of his musicality. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I, my guess is that ninety five percent of people out there who say they like Prince don't even know that he plays guitar. No, and this guy, you know. He, he was popular, obviously, with Purple Rain. Yeah. Which, by the way, almost made this list. Okay. But there's one of his other, and I love that album, mm-hmm. but there's one of his other albums that, for me, edges edges out Purple Rain. Is it the first new power generation? No, it's Sign of the Times. Okay. It was a double album. All right. I know what you're talking about. Um, it's been a long time since so I've listened to there it. There was a couple, this came out in 1987. Yeah. There were a couple of tracks that, that made it. This was the the title track, Sign okay. of the Times. It had radio play. Oh. And the, oh, yeah. and this the is good is, stuff. The fact is that a lot of Prince's stuff, mm-hmm. most of the public's never heard because right. he put out... Well, especially the last 10 years or so. Yeah, and there had been some dang fine stuff come out of him in the last 10 years but at this point the public had given up on him you know well also the the fact that he's not he's not uh he's not being distributed by major distributors he no. he's putting his own stuff out right in it, fact very much like frank black you his, have to search to find it yeah his last album came out last year okay. but it was it was called 2010 yeah but it was only released in the uk man what was the what was that uh we've got a copy of that was it the second song off that is just mind-blowingly i don't awesome. remember actually Man, because do you have it i do but i wasn't i wasn't thrilled with that album but there was there was one song off that album that was it wasn't there a video made for it or it was a single or something gosh From 2010 dingity dong it i will right. look at it in a second but uh, this album has so m- this sign of the times. It has so many different styles to it. Uh, this one here, it's called Housequake. It, Shut up already! Damn! It just screams <laughs> James Brown to me. Yeah. Let me let me get into the meat of it here. Uh, several songs on this album, he took right. his voice and he he altered it. Yeah. To and and those those songs have a. Does anybody know about the quake? Oh, he has. <laughs> I'll believe it. There's he, that word. He has a um. He has a like this song, and a few others are credited to. Okay. The singer is credited to Camille. Is in like. Last name Leon? No, just Camille. Like Camille, okay. Quote, quote. Yeah. Sang this song. Camille sang uh, the song called "If I Was Your Girlfriend." That's so cool. And you, you can hear it. Let me get in here. Would you remember? That's Camille. Yeah. But this guy is just—he's just amazing. He's just amazing to me. And this—the uh, one you may. I was hoping I had that uh, no, 2010 I'm sorry. album. That's not it. I I do. This is the one that probably people are most familiar with from this album. It's a duet with Sheena Easton. Okay. Called "You Got the Look." Oh yeah. Right. Is this "Sign of the Times"? This is "Sign of the Times." Okay. All right. Okay. So it's got. 
It's got uh, slow songs. It's got funky songs. It's got dance like the song "Hot Thing" was huge in the in the nightclubs. Oh baby, I danced. I actually went to a nightclub once. Nice. And this played, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" This, this album this came out. You know, again, we're basically the same age. This came out uh, my first year in college, yep. and this, yeah, there were many songs on heavy rotation at uh, parties I was at. Um, this song is. Hey, alive. I just looked up Prince on yeah. uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. And guess what? Um, uh, it's not the first. It's not the musician. It's the title. So I got some really weird results from it as I was scrolling down the list, and then I had to go, oh, okay, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> this is a live track called It's Gonna Be a Beautiful Night. It was Prince and the Revolution. Okay. It was recorded somewhere, and I don't remember the details, but he included it on this album. Beauty. But uh, it's just a wide and varied album. This is the last song. It's just, just a, temp- a typical Prince love ballad. Yes, but the dude is amazing. With the exception of the last song, the print, the uh, Prince and the Revolution, he played all the instruments on cool. this album. He played everything. Wow! Just this this whole CD. Just and it, there's a nine plus seven. Do the math. Sixteen. It was interesting. Sixteen songs on this, and I I never okay. ever ever get tired of it. I listen to it constantly. I always thought it was interesting uh, when when uh, when you and I first met, uh-huh. which was what ninety three. Give or take. It was 90, 92. 92? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I remember... 19 uh, years ago. You and I, uh, we took the uh, the Westcott van over to the Sony uh, Repair Center mm-hmm. and picked up a little something-something. It was one of the first times you and I had ever just been by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd been um, we'd been a, a camera crew on shoots for quite a while at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first time you and I had ever just gone and uh boy we're gonna have to wrap this episode up here probably after this comment by the way so stick around for part two um but yeah we were driving over there just talking about music and stuff and uh i had no idea that you were a heavy r&b guy you apparently you said you grew up listening to k104 i did there was um, there was a time when i listened to that uh uh, exclusively, I just thought that was really cool because uh, it was it was different. You know, I, I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. I didn't grow up in the big city, and um, you know, I grew up listening to uh, the the junk rock radio that they had up there. Um, thank you, KTT one hundred point five, the Cat. Hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I grew up um, on American rock and British uh, pop music because I had friends that were into that stuff. And so I just I thought it was really interesting. You know, I had never really exposed myself in any way to uh, um, R&B, hip hop, rap, any of that stuff until I got down here because you just didn't find it up there in Norman. I was I was uh, uh, exposed to lots of different music styles when I was a kid because my parents both liked all kinds of music. And we nice. they had a record player in the house. Okay. Um, they listened. To my my dad liked country music, so we listened to that when he was driving. But when my mom was driving, we'd listen to Mix One Hundred Two Point Nine. Oh my goodness! You know okay. what I mean? So I got I got the wide range. Yeah. And um, it's just I feel I feel blessed to like a various. That's cool. Uh, wide range of music. My parents had a wide range of music too, and you know what? We'll get into what that was <laughs> next episode. All right. So. Yeah, I think we'll stretch this into two episodes. Oh my gosh, we haven't even we've barely done half of our top 5. Much well, we less got, mentioned our honorable mentions. We each got two albums out of the way. Yeah. And then, you know, we spoke about Frank a little bit. So, I think next week when y'all return, we'll try to streamline a little bit. And it's just so difficult when you want to just share listen to this song. Just this part right here is just so, you know, so we'll be back for part two of our four-part music uh, <laughs> retrospective <Hopefully, laughs> in one week. <laughs> hopefully it, we can get everything else done nice. uh, next next week. So uh, Stay tuned for the exciting next edition of our five-part music <laughs> retrospective. Hopefully we can, we can get it. We can get it all. Did we make it clear we were going to do two albums uh, per episode, and this is going to take us uh, up until like episode 246 to get done with? Uh, that may be a good idea. We may have to. So maybe we could record. So stand by for next week's part two of our twelve-part music retrospective. Maybe we could record. Uh, let's see. Next week will be episode two thirty-five. So maybe we can record from two thirty-five all the way to two forty-five because that next one's two forty-six. Right. Maybe we can do. I guess that would be eleven episodes. Yeah. 
That, that think we can do 11 episodes the rest of the day? Part of it depends on uh, how long uh, Frank's going to be out, because we don't want it to disclude him. Wow, I just made up a word. It's no, I mean impressive. like when we come back from okay, picking right. Zoe up, yes. we'll, we'll record 11 episodes. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. We're going to record one long episode, and then just we're just going to... We're just going to, like, control T and copy-paste into to new... Okay, never mind. I don't even know hey, what you that pe- means. No, you people out there who do who do Pro Tools and Soundforge, you know what I'm talking about. Control T. the closing music. Good times. We'll just add the closing music yeah. in. We'll knock it in. Okay. So, hey, uh, boilerplate goes here, music goes here. Uh, y'all have a great day.